everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Happy. <laughs> Happy day, everyone. We were just eating pickle chips. Do oh you guys God. like pickle chips? This There's this restaurant near us that does sliced pickles, and then they deep fry them like you're eating a chicken finger, only it's a pickle. It's a sliced pickle. And then dip them in like aioli or whatever. It's delightful, like a chipotle aioli or something. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. I think you have some news. and I have an update for you. Oh, good. But I have a joke first. (laughs) Okay. And I thought this was a cute little joke. All right. Because my client who is all of, I think he's sixth grade or their sixth, uh, sixth grader. Nice. When they told me this, I was like, you know what? I need to share this. (laughs) Of course. Shannon. Yes, ma'am. Why didn't the invisible man take the job? (laughs) I don't know. Because he couldn't see himself doing it. (laughs) Nice, 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 nice. That's funny because I was just, before we got on here, I was just talking about how when I edit the show, it's like I listen to my own laughter all the time and I've gotten used to it, but man, yeah. at first it's rough. And then of course she oh, makes yeah. me laugh. So to... now I have that to look forward to. I just thought that was so cute. That is I actually cute. like legitimately laugh too. When no, they I know. Told me me I too. Like, that's really funny. <laughs> me too. That's funny. The other piece of news I have is really just an update. So you and I had the Elizabeth Holmes episode back the whole Theranos we talked about her yeah, documentary and we did um, Amanda Seyfried's great performance so she's just had her hearing and if anyone isn't following just want to update that uh, she was ordered to serve 11 and a quarter years in prison and now she's in the process of appeal mm. so she was very strategic before her all the trial stuff started and she did get pregnant. And I think she was hoping for that to be like a Hail Mary of empathy from jury. Maybe so. But um, yeah, she actually did get sentenced 11, almost 11 and a half years. So we'll Mm -hmm. see how much time she ends up doing. So this is, um, this is a piece of news from December 2nd. Got it. Yeah. All right. I guess that's what's up. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about all that. I guess we'll have to sort of see if she actually goes and what actually happens. She'll probably end up serving like a year. Yeah, I never, I never believe anything until it actually. I know, happens. like, and so even eleven, we'll and, even eleven and a quarter years after the amount of lives she destroyed seems absolutely. like absolutely. I know, I don't, but whatever, whatever. Right? That's the justice system that we're working mm. with. The next little thing we like to do is something that we call. <laughs> I don't know. Horror facts with cats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm ready. Number one. Monkey Paw Productions, which is Jordan Peele's production company, named themselves after a Faustian concept, which means what? Okay. So monkey paw means something. Mm-hmm. Number two. Let me see if I can pronounce this. <laughs> What was the Chickaloob event responsible for? <laughs> Chickaloob. <laughs> okay. I have to spell it out oh, phonetically. Gonna... <laughs> That's not a joke. No. <laughs> Number three. Who is responsible for releasing the deadly virus in 28 days later? Oh. I like that movie. I mean, it's not one I want to sit down and watch no. all the time. because it's, it's also not the feel-good movie. Not the, the feel-good movie of the century, for sure. Okay. Number four. How many years did it take to get 
Aliens made, so the sequel. Mm-hmm. And number five... There have been 3,000 possible Oscar wins for horror movies, but how many has this genre actually won? Ah, interesting. That's a lot of nominations, though. How many were there? 3,000 possible Oscar wins. So that, you know, remember, that could be for special effects, picture, sound. Yeah, yeah. not just for picture, obviously. I think Mm -hmm. I imagine they win the other categories more often because, I don't know, best picture has a steep competition usually. Yeah. Right. I watched the movie Troll. How was it? Brand new on Netflix 2022. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I like a Norwegian troll movie. Same. So, I mean, any Norwegian horror is typically. Yeah, I, I also like Norwegian horror in general, but it was interesting because this was a lot more kind of mainstream in the sense that they followed an expected trope of if you are watching godzilla's troll you know it's a like a it's like a godzilla movie only it's a troll it had some of that you know the troll walking through the city stomping on things yeah the picture is like this massive troll face it's it's pretty cool i mean the thing about it that i really love first of all is that you you get a lot of troll like when i see a movie that's called troll i want a lot of troll and you get a lot of troll and, you know, because we watch a lot of horror movies where it's like, oh, yeah. And then there was that werewolf for 32 and a half seconds at the end of the movie. Like, nah. yeah. Yeah. You want the creature. That's the name, especially of the film. Oh, my God. For sure. The premise of this is that deep inside the mountain of Dover, something gigantic awakens after being trapped for a thousand years. So basically, yeah, they awaken unwittingly awaken the trolls that live in the mountain that have been trapped there and they're gigantic trolls which is amazing and it destroys everything in its path it's it's fast approaching you know the capital of norway and they're trying to save it and so there's a it's just like a godzilla movie where there's like a military portion of it where the military is trying to help there's the the scientist lady that's trying to you know, sort it out and sort out what will harm it. There's the empathetic part of it, like in King Kong, where you kind of fall in love with King Kong. You kind of really end up yeah. not wanting him to die kind there, of thing. Yeah. So there was a lot more emotional context to it than I thought. Was was it like exceptional in that way? No, I don't think so. Like, I think I gave it a solid three stars because it's something I would totally watch again. It's something I would recommend to anybody who, one, likes... Troll movies, one, two likes Norwegian sensibilities, three likes Godzilla in, in, in particular. Like if you like the big monster clashes, that kind of stuff, you're going to like this movie. So all right, it's on Netflix and easy to see. A lot of people have Netflix these days, you know, like, I don't know. Give yeah. me all the Norwegian troll Godzillas. Okay. I mean, that's a very specific genre, but I feel like <laughs> if is. anyone could do it, it would be them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For that, agreed. Yeah. I'm going to start with an obvious one because it was fantastic. And I binged Wednesday. Oh, yes, I've seen it. I just want to talk about it for a minute because there are so many homages in this whole series. First of all, it is all created by Tim Burton. So he has already the foundation of the Adams family, which is wonderful. Christina Ricci comes back, mm-hmm. plays the head of the school. But beyond that, Jenna Ortega's performance as Wednesday, I think, shocked 
so many people. Mm -hmm. And this has now become a series where I was reading an article today and they were saying that they did not expect it to do what it's done so much that newer projects are now getting shoved to the bottom of the Netflix pile because make a second season. because people are already like, we want more. Um, yeah, they we all binged it. It was so good. If, if people out there haven't seen it and they think it's like, you know, a, a CW kind of series, it is not. I would say that there's even elements of Harry Potter and X-Men in it as far as like the different... Tight, like th there's multiple genres going on within mm -hmm. it. I think Jenna Ortega also was very deliberate in how she developed her character. And I appreciate that. She didn't try to be Christina Ricci. This wasn't a reinvention of the Adams family in the nineties. In fact, you know, some of the criticism has been that they wish there was a little bit more of the family, Oh, but sure. I do think that will probably second season, second season because <laughs> yeah. they're all great. I mean, everyone in it is great. And Jenna Ortega, when she, in episode four, that dance scene that's become pretty viral now, you know, she's not a dancer. And she said, I was so insecure creating this dance scene because mm -hmm. I'm not a dancer and it's so obvious. And now that's all people are talking about. And so she was asked how she was influenced and how she developed the choreography. And I love this so much because she's so young and she's like, well, I mean, I watched Susie Sue yeah. and I went back and, you know, watched the cramps. And so it really takes you back to like the eighties goth era. Uh, totally. And I mean, I thought she was great. It. She yeah, was she so really good. It. She was really good. I mean, that was, that was always going to sink or swim it. Right. Like yeah. that performance, because I'm sorry, but like, Wednesday is Christina Ricci, Ricci yes. and we want that vibe and and I love I'm always willing to have something be reinvented sure. yeah but, and and she really she made it her all, own took all the essence of it mm -hmm. but then was her her own self and I just I mean Wednesday as a character let's talk about that it's so unapologetically yep. psychopathic <laughs> so that I enjoy it so much because I think that in our culture these days, especially if you're, you know, watching a lot of social media, especially TikTok, et cetera, you know, women are very much in this era of being like, I'm going to give less fucks. Yeah. And Wednesday channels that. So I think with our culture right now in the zeitgeist of like swinging the pendulum the other way uh -huh. of like, I give less fucks about what you think about me or my body or any of the other stuff and all of that kind of cultural progression that we're trying to push forward of acceptance of ourselves really and not giving a fuck what you think about us. Now, the fact that she has to be a psychopath to do that is hilarious to us as right. therapists because yes, of course, as a psychopath, you you don't give a fuck about other yeah. people and you don't have empathy. But what they do show in this show is that she's not a psychopath. Right. She does have empathy and she does have feeling and she does bond with others and has emotion and stuff, which I really like how they progressed into that. Yeah, me too. Performances by everybody else are really good too. And I think to jump on that, it is common if a woman doesn't adhere to being nurturing and being empathic, then she must be a sociopath. Mm -hmm. She must be a psychopath. For sure. And her character, what I appreciated too, was there were so many layers to it and the writing and the backstory and even her parents and all of that, like how they describe, uh, it, but which, by the way, Luis Guzman is so, <laughs> so fucking hilarious as Gomez. Agreed. And, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones is great too, but yeah, he, sure. he just, he kills me. Give it a chance. If you haven't watched yep. it, which many of you probably have, because when I posted it on Instagram, it was like, Brrr. 
everyone's yeah, like, okay. everyone's like, watching it. So do yourself a favor if you haven't, because it was fantastic, and I'm looking forward to the second season. Me too. I would like to also say, for those of you curious, if you have... Uh, younger people in your life, your kids, then you're into horror and you want your, you know, young teenagers, et cetera, to watch this. I would say that the CGI of the horror elements of this is very YA friendly. They aren't super scary. You know how CGI can be Oh, very right. scary. Yeah, it's not. But the the PG thirteen, the quote unquote monsters, or any of the gore or monsters or horror elements are very YA friendly. I noticed it right away because they aren't that scary. Yeah, they're not. But they're very cool. It's like, oh, these are very cool, but not very scary. And then I, I uh, one last thing I thought was really cute is that every episode title has the word "woe" in it, which I thought was adorable. That's cute. <laughs> anyway, I also saw the movie Slashback. I did too. Okay, great. It was. It's a 2022 horror sci-fi, and it's out on Shutter, and it got really good critical reviews. I think it's an impressive debut feature. This is a, a very young uh, director slash co-writer, and I just really enjoyed it. It's set in a sleepy hamlet nestled in the majestic mountains of Baffin Island in the Arctic Ocean. Slashback opens as the village wakes up to a typical summer day. No school, no cool boys, well, except one, and 24-hour sunlight. So just so you guys know, this is also teenage-looking, age-driven horror film Mm -hmm. but for micah and her ragtag friends the usual summer is suddenly not in the cards when they discover an alien invasion threatening their hometown these teenagers have been underestimated their whole lives but making makeshift weapons and their horror movie knowledge they show the aliens that you don't fuck with the girls from pang i so much appreciated the their humor with one another so funny and the banter because that's how teenage girls would be uh-huh. during something like apocalyptic zombie. Sure. And I really yeah, not quite connecting to the reality of it. <laughs> no. And I think that's the brilliance yeah, of this agreed. is that there, there's a level of disconnect from the, the like horror elements and the treacherousness of what they're about. Like, you know, yes, they're going to die. Yeah. And behind all this, they're still having 14 year old conversations and banter with each other and the acting could be looked at as not being very good. I think it was intentional, their deliveries and all of that. I think it totally worked. Me too. And it felt very organic to me. And I found myself laughing quite a bit. Me too. And this is a Canadian film director named Nyla Inuksuk. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I... I really appreciate that this was her first outing. I believe she's an Inuit director. Uh, most of you know her films portray communities and community members in the Arctic, and so there's a cultural aspect to this that I really I also enjoyed. So I don't know. I I recommend this movie. I I thought it was super enjoyable. I loved it. Yeah, and I and I thought of you because I was like, oh, it's like uh, Stranger Things type deal like you know it's correctly advertised as like the inuit stranger things with some of the humor from yes. um what's the what's the one that we always talk about with well the, they say it's like meets the thing like they they i don't know if that's the one you were thinking about the but one they, that you ice and i watch all the time that we love with the little girl that that um 
Oh, uh, it's Psycho Gorman. Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it had Canadian, some, right? Both it had Canadian. some of those humor. Ele- the story was different, but yeah. some of the humor elements, I think, were the same. For sure. And yeah. if you like creature stuff and if you like alien stuff, I think it's a, a unique offering to those those genre, those subgenres as well. So nice. So what let's else? talk about another one that you and I watched. You've already talked about it, but I wanted to have a conversation about it because you're like, watch it so we can have a talk. Is yeah. um, I, I saw Smile. Oh, okay. And for those of you who didn't listen to the episode where Shannon talked about it, it's a 2022 American psychological horror film written and directed by Parker Finn in his feature directorial debut. Oh, man. It's based on actually a short film that he did. It stars uh, Sosie Bacon, who is, uh, or Soshi Bacon. She's fantastic in this, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Agreed. As a therapist named Rose Cotter, who after witnessing the bizarre suicide of a patient, goes through increasingly disturbing and daunting experiences, leading her to believe what she is experiencing is supernatural. So there are horror elements to this film, but I agree with you, Shannon, 100%. This is a mental health film, and I think what is so brilliant about this film is that it really covers elements of clearly stigma around mental health, but also the idea that there could be a contagion effect around Mm -hmm. suicide. Yep. And then also just the vicarious trauma that clinicians carry when working on acute wards or working with like really high risk cases. I know you and I have had cases that have sat with us due to the severity Um, I've certainly had clients who have died to either homicide or suicide or family members who have. So this is, this was a really, really tough film to get through, but not because it was bad, but because I think it was actually done so well. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. The, not only is it a mental health film based on the idea that the act of suicide is actually a plot point. It's literally... The whole, it forms the whole story, the whole movie. Yeah. And if you can't visualize that, you'll just have to see the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, not only is it that and all the trauma and all of the things, the amazing and deep things you just mentioned, is it's got solid horror elements. It it's does. got the sound design of a horror film. It's got good acting and shot choices and all of that stuff. Creep so factor. It's pretty horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I remember I gave you a little warning because I always give a warning around animal death in movies. Mm -hmm. And I remember I gave you that warning, but you see how it was. It wasn't for shock value. No, no. And it was, it it was necessary in a way for the plot point for the plot to drive that. Oh God. And that scene altogether was um, so hard with the family. And not just because of that. That was like the minor piece of it. So there's, I'm not going to give anything away by saying this, but, like anyone who has endured mental illness of any kind, trying to explain to people who have never been sick what they're feeling or what they're experiencing and that they're not crazy hard. and people kind of looking at them and going, oh, I'm so uncomfortable with you. So right hard. That scene like made me so uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And I actually saw this movie in the theater. Ooh. So I didn't, I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like yeah. I couldn't get up and like pause or yeah. go somewhere. But, uh, you know, as you guys have heard, we've done some promotions for this movie on the podcast and I have another promotion for this movie that's, that's coming down the pikes or whatever. I, I mean, I'm just, I think it's a worthy watch for anyone who is into mental health horror. Yeah. Agreed. I'm so glad you got to see it. That's awesome. I watched Amityville Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
And I gave it a whole half a star. Oh. Anyway, ooh. 2022. So <laughs> it was like, so as you guys know, we bring a little trash to the show sometimes. And that's what this is. But let me just give you the premise anyway. Jackie and Danny are spending the holiday week in therapy instead of at the dinner table. Their marriage has taken a turn for the worst, and they turn to what they believe to be their only option, which is a Amityville couples counselor. A doctor with a hidden sinister past. He recommends an isolated cabin retreat to save their family. But once alone together, the doctor's unorthodox approach starts to push the couple over the edge. And you might imagine, and you would be right, that there is a turkey sex costume. Oh my God. What does that even look like? (laughs) There is a... For those of you who have seen it, if I just say the two words lizard tongue, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, There is no actual turkey... And no mention of Thanksgiving in this movie. I really have no thanks to give. Oh, this movie. that's a nice... Yeah. Amityville Thanksgiving, and there's no mention of Thanksgiving, and there's no turkey, and there's a gigantic fucking turkey on the front of the... Okay. It's a dude dressed in a turkey sex costume. I can't. I can't with this movie. Jesus Lord. I mean, there's something about Thanksgiving that is like that other movie, Thanksgiving, that's trash, but you just... Freaking love it. Well, thanks killing like, and pilgrim. It's like a ridiculous turkey running around killing people that are 16 times its size. Like it's trash and it's hilarious because it's stupid. This, no. Yeah. Blue, who's one of our patrons, mm-hmm. if she, if I ever get her, if she ever gets me as a secret Santa, sure. she's already given me a gift and that's the movie <laughs> Pilgrim. <laughs> no, I know. I know you yeah. like that one. So yeah, we're just <clears throat> out of Thanksgiving and. I watched this movie actually after Thanksgiving and just because I was like, well, I got to, you know, add to my Thanksgiving horror list. But no, Mm. no. All right. Anything else? Uh, I'll just briefly mention because you had watched The Good Nurse. Yeah, yeah. That I went ahead and watched um, the documentary called Killer Nurse that was based (laughs) on Charlie Cullen or whatever. Um, And his story is really, really disturbing. The documentary, if you want to know more in depth about him, the documentary is okay. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it's, I don't know if it's... It's like an addition. It's an addition, but it definitely um, gave me a much deeper understanding of his level of psychopathy. It was pretty disturbing. So if you like that kind of Dr. Death stuff. Yeah. And if you watch, and then if you go and watch Eddie Redmayne's performance in the good nurse, honestly, then you'll really be sitting there with yeah, like how good he is yeah. at that, at that role. I, I imagine it would inform that really well. And he presented very innocently. Of so. course. Yes, he does. And he does in the, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Eddie just knocks it out of the park, in fantastic. my opinion. But uh, yeah, so now we're going to get the <laughs> fancy answers to. <laughs> what? That's what happened. When, that was Animal from the Muppets. He stepped in real quick and <laughs> gave us that one. Thank you for the explanation. Monkey Paw Productions named themselves after what Faustian concept? I, I, I'm happy to say I don't know a lot of Faustian <laughs> nope, concepts. No, you don't? <laughs> Damn you. I thought you would know this one. Um, I think this was cool, though, because it, it really makes sense with a lot of the films that they put out. But it's it means you have to be careful what you wish for. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yes, you do. Yeah. And that's really great that, you know, that's a, a bit of a theme in everything he does. Exactly. Let's talk about Chickaloob. <laughs> what know. was the Chickaloob event responsible for? It's terrifying. Chick a lube. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so it's really disturbing. And I'm I looked so up unhappy and I looked up pictures. Already. I looked up pictures of what they believed it probably looked like when it happened. Okay. Sixty-five million years ago, the Chickaloob asteroid hit Earth, which is um, now Mexico. The impact killed 70% of all species on Earth, including the dinosaurs. So only the like the bird dinosaurs survived. Anything that was flying still survived. But everything on land, this is really what wiped out the dinosaurs. And from what I read a little bit about it, because it's actually really quite captivating when I started to read, is that these dinosaurs, once the asteroid hit, they they didn't die from the asteroid. They died from the planet going dark. Oh right, and for then no sunlight. Over months, they died from that. And like, oh my god, like it, it was really. It's a fascinating Ooh. science story. Yeah, no, very cool. Um, but, but yeah, okay, yeah, Chickaloob. <laughs> I got the name. Probably, I'm probably. I, I I think I looked up how to pronounce it, and and that was what it yeah. said. Well, I appreciate you. Who is responsible for releasing the deadly virus in 28 days later? Uh, I, it's like some kind of, I remember it was an organization yes. and it was like an accident or something. There was an accident that happens, mm -hmm. like some kind of. You remember what kind of activists they were? Wasn't it like animals or something? Yeah, animal oh. rights. Animal rights activists. I was going to say, uh. Zoo. I was gonna say the zoo. The zoo started. I like the zoo. It's the zoo. Elephant fault. poop. <laughs> well, yay! One right for me. How many years did it take to get aliens made? Uh, six or seven. Yep, I think seven. Seven. Okay. Two for four. Two. I won't get this last one. I have no freaking. There idea. have been three thousand possible Oscar wins for horror movies, but how many has this genre actually won? Sixty-seven. 18. Uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be low. I almost said three. <laughs> Fuck you, Academy of Motion Picture. Yeah, well, you know what? I think I it's going to change. The, it's changing. It's changing because, I mean, I get that like movies like Smile are divisive. Not everybody likes it. Some people rip it apart, blah, blah, blah. But it's like stuff like Nope and, you know, I mean, just there's so many. The Babadu I mean, all I want to see a slasher win, though. Really? Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, Science of the Lambs was like, basically a slasher. Terrifier. <laughs> the new Terrifier. Oh, yeah. that I'm sure Terrifier 2 at two and a half hours long. <laughs> is a winner. Well, that's what the Academy likes, these long, yeah. drawn-out. Epic character tales. <laughs> just make a horror movie that's four and a half hours long, and they'll be like, it's brilliant. That make people vomit in the yeah. movie theater. Super cool. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. Bye.